So we're here today to talk about On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, I can't understand why. I mean, we talked about it for 90 minutes last time. 90? Most of that was on the moon landing. I admire your luck, Mr. Oh, you must excuse our job, Mr. Bond. He's an admirable man-servant, but mute. He's not a very good caddy. Welcome to our 11th odd job, or at least I think it's our 11th odd job. I Somehow along the lines, we kind of got a little confused there, but I'm pretty sure we're back on track. This is number 11. Uh, we're a week late, but we're kind of on schedule, so not too bad. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, that's nice to be here, you know, getting things done. New odd job? Absolutely. Yeah, new odd job. Some back to ends, our, yeah. you know, kind of getting on schedule here, two podcasts a month. Um Next week, you'll have another podcast, so you have to wait a week for this one, but uh, you'll get one next week. It'll give a little take, that's right? That's right, that's right. It's a good relationship. So for those for those of you that are either new to the podcast or you've forgotten, an odd job is a short podcast with a singular purpose. Today's singular purpose, Multiple. wrapping up on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about fashion and uh, get in a little bit of discussion about the score. Yeah. So looking forward some to some promises we made and we're finally fulfilling um, those promises mm-hmm. how you how you doing scott i'm doing well you know trying yeah. out the trying out recording remote in remote recording yeah recording in two locations which is really cool really different really you yeah. know kind of sucks but it's kind of you know necessary evil we live at two different it locations is. so yeah that's uh you know the atlantic seaboard and further down the atlantic seaboard yep. So maybe this is the, our first maybe foray into getting into video. Oh, yeah. Um, one of our uh, fellow James Bond podcasts, a bigger, little more well-known podcast, more, people might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this kind of format where um, the two of them are side by side on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe we get into that. Who knows? Yeah. How's that beard working out? You got the little villainy, little streak there? Yeah, I know. I was a little upset. My uh, so for the, we're a podcast, so no one, yeah, can, no one can see we this. can see each other, but no one so can see us. You uh, you you want to explain your own facial hair? Sure. I mean, I have <laughs> been unable to successfully grow a beard for most of my life, and all of a sudden, you know, out of the, it's looking good. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate that. You know, but I uh, I started growing it near the beginning of the year, and it finally has started to come in. Unfortunately, I'm already starting to show my age, thanks to my kids, I guess. But I've got a nice gray streak right on the side of my chin, so I don't know. I've been enjoying it, you know. So summertime is not a great time for a beard, but you know. Yeah, you keep it uh, high and tight, though. Yeah, so. yeah. I've got more facial hair than I have hair on the top of my head. Yeah. This is a true fact, mm-hmm. absolutely. So yeah. Any uh, updates? Any big news? Are you, are you liking the new format? Are you liking the bi-monthly? Gives you some personal time, but we get back to do bond. Yeah, I definitely don't want to stop. You know, being a part of this Bonding Over Bond podcast. You know, I love yeah, I love doing it. So it's nice to be back. Um, looking forward to watching uh, Never Say Never Again, uh, having not seen that before. And, you know, just looking forward to the next step and doing Thunderball here shortly. Not to say that we were uh, waiting to announce that, but we were waiting to announce that. So, yeah, sorry uh, about that. Little little spoiler <laughs> alert for, uh, for those of you that on Twitter we had put out that we had a surprise for you. That's a surprise. Mm-hmm. So next next week we'll do our 
second for your eyes only Thunderbolt. Looking forward to that. And instead of doing an odd job next month, we're going to go back and revive the old review podcast. Mm-hmm. Except this time we're reviewing a little movie called Never Say Never Again. And the reason why is because it's essentially a Thunderball remake. Although as I was preparing for that, since it's coming up, I thought maybe we should have saved Never Say Never Again when we did the four guys only of Octopussy. Since Mm. they literally came out, what was it, four months from each other? That's a good place for it, too. So that's tough. Um, I mean, having never seen Never Say Never Again, I I don't... No, but knowing that it is just essentially a remake of Thunderball, I don't know. I kind of like mm-hmm. where it's at. I think I kind of like it better than than Octopussy, you know, comparing okay. to Octopussy. So, I mean, at least for my viewing and preparing for both, it's it's beneficial, so I can have a back to back comparison. Okay. All right. Yeah, you ready, Bob? Yeah, I think so. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, released in 1969, starring the one, the only, one time only, George Lazenby. Mm-hmm. On a scale of zero to five cufflinks, George Lazenby's fashion in this movie. Um, the old grading system. I wonder what I gave it last time. Probably, probably pretty low. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh, three and a half cufflinks. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would go in the four. I could be persuaded to four. Four and a half cufflinks. Yeah. And this was the big separation for me. And I, I think it was a little hard in our our original review. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at it from the perspective of just the fashion. I did one thing in my mind. I said, this is James Bond. Mm-hmm. And this is him undercover as Hillary Bray. Yeah. Yeah. And that really all the really ridiculous outfits... Is James Bond undercover? Yeah. All the really classic outfits. Is George Lazenby a model, a commercial actor? Yep. Six foot two, six foot three, Australian, looking good. Yeah. Knows how to wear a suit. A well cut, you know, double vent, single breast, good collar, mm-hmm. suit. I like it. I like him in it. Yeah. I I don't. I honestly can't recall how I viewed it at the moment, but. I think we were pretty hard on I think we the were. kilt yeah. and the ruffled um, shirt, which I, the I defended shirt. the ruffled shirt a little bit. didn't bother me that much. But the, the ruffled kilt, tuxedo. What he was wearing when he got off the train, when he got to uh, the the foothills of the Peace Gloria. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you break it down to the level of he was a man undercover, this is, yeah. he is Sir Hillary Bray, not Sir. James Bond. So absolutely. So yeah, you need to give him that has to be the past, but unfortunately, the bad stuff is what sticks in your mind. So that's that's why when I when I think about the fashion of James Bond and on Her Majesty's Secret Service, those are the first things that pop to mind, even though it's not really a reflection of his outfits. The only yeah, yeah. I would say the only thing that actually was James Bond that I didn't like in the film was his golf outfit. I don't know if you remember the orange brown golf outfit that he wore with the red undershirt 
Um, it was just didn't, I didn't like it that much, but mm -hmm. you know, from things I've read, it was pretty fashion forward in 1969. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely mean fashion cyclical. Mm -hmm. So in the sixties, they're, you know, throwing back to the thirties and the seventies are throwing back to the forties yeah. and the eighties. They had that, you know, fifties look mm -hmm. when we were growing up in the nineties, you know, it was going back to the sixties again. So like it goes in this weird, weird cycle and you can definitely see with the film being in 1969, some of that 1930s, the chalk, you know, pinstripe suit that he's wearing, but yet it's like moving into this 1970s circling back to the forties, mm -hmm. the thinness of the pants, yeah. the cut of the suit, you have that V and then the pop out at the waist, the double vents in the back. And I thought it was really classy. He, he knows how to wear a suit. Yeah. You know, and I don't think uh, he gets a lot of credit for that. And, I, and and when you look at pop culture pictures of George Lazenby, they like to you know put him in the kilt. Yeah. Because this is a movie James Bond wore a kilt. Yep. Or the ruffled you know, or the ruffled the ruffled shirt of the tux. Abs that, absolutely. Yeah, those... Which you def you defended in the review is yeah. you know part of the times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he looks good and he looks good in the shirt. Yeah, it looks fine. I mean, it's just you know yeah. different because we it, it's not popular right now. But you know th absolutely. that was one of the things in preparing for this podcast and. Let's be let's be straightforward. I mean, I don't know if you could say. I think you're probably the more dapper of the the, the dressers of the group here, you know. So I needed some assistance. So you know, and I did a little bit of googling, mm -hmm. and I came across uh, bondsuits.com. You know, we don't normally plug things here, but read a great review by the by the creator of that site about the about what he wore in the movies and who's who's the creator uh, matt spazer is his name i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly but Hopefully. i read a i read he's on twitter he is on twitter i do you have his handle we'll, uh, we'll give him a shout out yeah, we'll get we'll get in there but um you know he he pointed out that uh great website it, it is a very nicely done website and probably mm -hmm. will be my resource for fashion as we choose to, to cover it in the future um and maybe it's a shame we don't have a website that's it <laughs> The pain, the pain. <clears throat> we'll get there. We'll get there. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, got some plans. Bondingoverbond.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll see a timer <laughs> counting down, and if it hits zero, we'll reset it, and we'll count just down. reset it. Keep checking, though. Regardless, of what I was going to get, you know, he made a lot of parallels to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the fashion of On Her, Ma Her Majesty's Secret Service, and Skyfall. A lot of the things okay. that are popular with the the tightly fitted suit, the shorter jackets, you know is what is very popular now 2012 2016 now but like you said cyclical so mm -hmm. um and he refreshed the, his article refreshed my m memory of you know he was in disguise and all the bad outfits so right although when he was in disguise he is wearing that um all stellar coat yeah which was probably one of the better coats yeah. that when he was doing the the Hillary Bray mm -hmm. it was a sweet sweet ass coat yeah kind of an homage a tip of the hat Maybe, maybe not to uh, Sherlock Holmes. At least I felt it was when he was wearing it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, he was actually my only frame of reference to probably have ever worn a jacket like that. So Now, when we take the notes, you write down all the outfits. I'm very bad at this. Did you have a favorite? Did you have one that stuck out more than the others? Um, I liked when he was dressing down a little more. Uh, uh -huh. Like the, the, I don't know how people feel about the cream suit that he wore, but I really did like the cream suit. It's a good summer suit. Yeah, it was really nice. It was a, I believe it was linen, cream, cream linen suit, and then uh, the gray. I'm, I'm a fan of a gray, simple gray suit, you know. And and, and in the article, he had also, uh, Matt had also talked about the knitted tie, which I guess I haven't read all the Ian Fleming books, but um, was the only type of tie 
Bond War in the books. So it was a right. nice nod to Ian. What about it's, you? Did you have a favorite or sorry? I'm the, the cream one yeah. stood out um, to me. The, the pinstripe yeah. with uh, the vest. I'm a sucker for vest. I like vest. Uh, that one stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I, I would also add that I thought the movie did a good job at acknowledging the times. Yeah. Um, so it used the angels of death more and, and this, um, and road to kind of acknowledge the quote unquote hippie movement. Mm-hmm. So the girls were dressed in very bright colors, you know, bell bottoms that more, you know, open 1960s, you know, late sixties vibe. And, and I thought it fit in well. It didn't seem pushed. It didn't seem forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I was wondering as, as we were preparing for this on, on the last, uh, on our four year eyes only, I was making the comment with Diane Riggs clothing, like, was she shocked the first day she goes into oh, fitting and everything is just, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, it is the sixties, the sexual revolution, yeah. you know, women's lib movement. Maybe she chose that. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe that's clothes that she felt comfortable in reflected the character. Like, who am I to say that, yeah. you know, it's a group of men been a dark room that picked that. Maybe they did. Maybe I would be interested. Yeah. And I wonder if there's any in, in, in an interview that she gave at some time where she kind of talked about this or she's reflecting on it at any point. We've done no research on that aspect. Just something I was wondering. She's a tweeter. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think she's on, on, she not on, she's in Game of Thrones, yeah. but I don't think she's on she's Twitter. She's not on the Twitter. Yeah. She's a boss though. She's, yeah. I, I like her. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about fashion? I think I'm done. Yeah. I think I'm pretty done too. Yeah. I was the only, the, uh, Last thing I'll say is the blue the blue ski suit cracked me up a little bit, and the glasses, the ski goggles, uh-huh. those were a little funny. But hey, you know they're out there. Right, right, right. So, all right, okay. And what were your thoughts on the soundtrack? Well, I was, you know, kind of funny. I was thinking I had actually texted you. What are, what are we going to talk about? Just like Louis Armstrong and and uh, uh, John Barry. I mean, what? I mean, what is what is the what, what do you exactly do you want to talk about? And then I actually went and because a, a while ago I had bought the sound the like the major songs of the James Bond franchise. Right, and right. We have Louis Armstrong's all the time in the world. Right, which I think we disagree on. It has grown on me, and I actually found myself found myself humming it earlier. Uh, it is it's a solid song, but I I just it is it is a solid yeah. song, and I'll acknowledge that it's is it a top tier Bond song? Maybe not. You know, I have it in the middle if you look at our our complete running rankings. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a perfect song for this film. Yeah, and it makes the film and the song together go very well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a solid song. And then, but you know, I'm a sucker for John Barry's orchestra, and I didn't mm. realize, mm-hmm. and I, I really liked his, his, uh, the the score is great. The oh whole my score. gosh, that's what I that's rambling on. What I'm what I'm getting to is just all I didn't realize all the different songs are. They're mostly done by John Barry, and I just kind of wonder, do they? Hey, John, go rip us out about fifteen songs. 
and we're going to use about 12 seconds of each one in various ways. Well, usually, well, usually my, my understanding of how film works uh-huh. is typically the film is done. Mm-hmm. And then the composer, so in this case, John Barry, mm-hmm. is going to like look at the film, take some notes, write some stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of times, you see it in professional setting, settings, they have the conductor, so John Barry would be there. They have the John Barry Orchestra. And the film's literally playing behind them. Cool. And they're, you know, he's, they're doing the score. Yeah. And that's how it happens. Yeah. That they're, that's how they do the magic. Yeah. I think I've seen that before. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, but I, having, I went on iTunes and, and looked at all the songs that are available from the actual soundtrack. Uh-huh. There's some great ones I totally forgot it's about. A good, like when they get it's to, a good soundtrack. yeah, when they get to Peace Gloria, like the build up uh-huh. to Peace Gloria, you know, in the ski scene, the ski chase and all that stuff. There's some really solid music on. And it works, it works in the film. When yeah. I was, when we were, when I was watching, for the uh, four year eyes only, and we meant to talk about the score, and we just you know lost time because we spent a lot of it on the moon and just other stuff, and we were all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I took notes on the score, and I and I thought you know I was thinking to myself, what makes a, a good score? Mm-hmm. And I I essentially thought it was you know a good score adds to the film, it stirs emotion as you're listening to it, it's memorial memorable, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't take you out of the film. It's not like jarring. Yeah. In a way that you're like, oh, I, I notice this more than I'm watching the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard to do that where, you know, this, it, it's something that you're actually actively aware of, but yet it's not removing you. Mm-hmm. It's adding to it. Horror films do a great job, you know, inherently. Yeah. You know, uh, unless it's a, a shitty horror film where you notice the music more and it's, you know, alerting you too much. And then, of course, all the greats, like, you know, a John Barry or a John Williams, when you think of, uh, you know, a Star Wars or a Jaws or, you know, an Alfred Hitchcock movie, the Alfred Hitchcock scores, mm-hmm. where you can think back to the movie Psycho and, you know, the score is coming to you, mm-hmm. but yet it never took you out of the movie where you were like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, some people argue that Chris Nolan with his scores, like they kind of jar you out, uh, but I would argue back that it's on purpose the times that it jars you out of the film, but that's a whole different conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. So all that talking to say, as I'm li- as I'm looking at the film, it to me it added. You know the chase scenes. You're, you're talking about the the chase, the ski scene. Mm-hmm. The the score at that point made the scene so much more intense. Yeah, and and the action was there. And on that note, I thought the absence of score. So one of the things I, I wrote down and I really really enjoyed. If you remember when he's in the hotel and he has that fist fight with the man, yeah. the score drops out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And you. so that when they two when the two of them come together, the score drops out, and it's literally two men fighting. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that was such a well designed choice, mm. and it added to that moment. Yeah, definitely. You know, so I don't know. I feel like I'm uh, jabbering right now, but no, I mean, I think that's interesting. Maybe I'm saying something. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you. Um, and the only thing I'll I'll say is, uh, I was looking at the soundtrack. They have the um the Christmas tree song. Mm-hmm. That was. That was just a weird, weird song. I understand its placement. I completely understand right. its placement, but it's it's weird in the context of the soundtrack as an album. Yeah, in the movie it makes sense, but when you're listening to the soundtrack, there's like um, it flows, and then you get to that song, and it's like, what, what is f- this? What is this? What's going on? Do you know how tris- Christmas trees are grown <laughs> with love? Now I know you're you're a really big fan of the song on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Do you enjoy that more than the traditional James Bond theme song? Um, no, but he there's actually a version on the soundtrack 
which kind of uh, merges the two. Uh, so I, I really the, like that. This never happened to the other fellow? Yes. Yeah. That, I, I, I literally have a bullet that this happened to the other fellow is up there with the James Bond theme song, mm-hmm. um, the 007 theme, which is a different name to it, but it's a distinct different one. I, than I think there's one just called the 007. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and then in, I want to say Skyfall, the song titled Bond, James Bond, mm-hmm. and Honor Majesty's Secret Service, I think, are in this. You know, and I'm sure as we start going into score a little deeper with the Four Your Eyes Only, we'll add some other songs. But I like this little list yeah. where uh, we're creating right now. No, it was very, very solid and made me miss my instrument playing days. And I remember my complaint of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, what instrument did you play? Tenor saxophone. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, uh, did you play anything? I played the trumpet for a hot minute. There you go. So that's what I was going to say. Actually, good segue because that that's one of the things I really like. I always wanted to play the trumpet. And I really like the horn sections of the song with the trumpets and then the trombones playing behind it and the tuba in there and stuff like that. So We went we went to the auditorium. So this is fifth grade going into sixth grade. Uh-huh. And the, the music, the band director, um, he was you know giving kids advice. And I walked up and I said, I want to play the trumpet. And he looks at me and says... You have the lips for a trombone. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? And I stuck with the trumpet and I sucked at it. So years later as an adult, I'm sure there's like something, you know, it's how sound comes out of your mouth. Like, yeah, I probably should have tried the trombone because I, I was bad at the trumpet. At the trumpet. Yeah. I just need probably, probably just the only, the only skill I've developed or I've maintained uh-huh. is I can make a really good elephant noise. There you go. Because in order to play the trumpet, you have to like press your lips together and blow out of it, which I was, I don't know if I wasn't good at it, but without a trumpet, it's, it sounds like an elephant. Yeah. All I know is yeah. you have the perfect lips for a trombone or however that sounds is, uh, sounds mm-hmm. like a pickup line. So it does sound like the worst, worst pickup, pickup line. line. <laughs> and for a grown man to, to tell that to a fifth, that to a fifth grader, grader, that's highly inappropriate. You have the lips for a trombone. Right. What are you, what are you saying, sir? <laughs> what are you suggesting? Anyway, I I think that's all I have to say about that. I was very I need to start paying attention more to the soundtracks because John Barry's orchestra did a crap load of awesome music that I he did. I really need to pay more attention to. They did, and I bought so, I bought the album, so it worked out. Wrapping up on Her Majesty's Secret Service, mm-hmm. both this podcast and any loose ends from our uh, Four Your Eyes Only. Were you happy with the Four Your Eyes Only? Yeah, I think it turned out fine. I w- I think it was. Um, I think fine is a good. Yeah, there's obviously room for improvement in everything we do, right? And mm-hmm. even this, you know, we're a little rusty in our odd jobs, but, you know, and we're covering topics we don't normally cover. So, um, but I think we need to find our sweet spot still. And I think it was weird. The people that I got comments from, uh, to just paraphrase, uh, one of my friends who listens to our podcast occasionally was like, thank you for the, the 90 minute discussion on the moon landing. I really enjoyed that. Cause I'm not a huge bond fan. I was like, Hmm. Right. And I know we got some complaints to some degree the, from the bond. Yeah. people That we didn't spend enough time on bond. So now you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to find our, I mean, do you have so any, there's a middle spot yeah, that we somewhere find. and, and you know, maybe we'll, we'll massage the order yeah. on how we do it. I'm excited to do Thunderball. Me I too. think we, you know, we talked about this off mic. Mm-hmm. It, it should be good. Yeah, I, I think we both like the movie, so it should be interesting if it'll be a love fest or if we actually dive into it a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So do mm-hmm. you have any things you want to improve on or the same same complaint? 
I think the same, you know, the same things that you mentioned. Anything else you want to last words? Any last words on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Good film? Bad film? Middle film? Uh, For me, middle film. Okay. But uh, still a... Top tier for me? Top tier. Yeah, still still an enjoyable film. Mm -hmm. I'll sit down and watch it. Mm -hmm. Anytime. You? All right. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely watch it with anyone whenever they want. Um, I'll defend the film if I if I have to. I enjoyed it. Um, you tell people still don't start there. I would I would say don't start there. I would say start with Sean. Yeah. Right. You know. Want to bring this home? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Next week, Thunderbolt. You're excited. I'm excited. Our listeners are excited. Listen to Thunderbolt. Operation Thunderbolt. Download us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, stream us on our site, whatever's most convenient to you. There's plenty of ways to listen to this podcast. What is that website? Bonding. Nope. <laughs> Lionizepodcast.com backslash Bonding Over Bond. Mm-hmm. It, you could actually go to never, you could go to Bonding Over Bond. Mm-hmm. The link is there. I've modified it. So if you go to Bonding Over Bond, you can jump right into our newest podcast. You can go to the Stitcher site. You can go to that site. So All of our links are there. That's a, not hey, a bad place to go. Is there anything else to do with Bonding Over Bond besides our, our podcast? No. there. It is a site. Go there. Check it yeah, out. It exists. All the links are there. One day more things will be yep. on there. Give us a hard time. Mock us endlessly on Twitter for not doing this and it'll light a fire. Yeah, exactly. Under our collective uh, rear and our Twitter to, account to is? move forward on this. At Bonding Over yeah, Bond. Yeah, correct. And our, you can get us on our Facebook page, Bonding Over Bond. You could. Just search Bonding Over Bond. We're right yep. there. And lastly, you can always hit us with an email, bondingoverbond at gmail.com. There it is. And on iTunes, leave us a review. Oh, yeah. Please leave us a review. It'd be nice. People tell us they uh, listen to our podcast, leave a review. That would be great. Yeah. Preferably a good Moving one. Moving on up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, newspapers, they're good for hiding playboys. <laughs> That's a good Thank one. Thank you for like bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time. Shake it. Don't stop. We have all the time in the world. Time enough for life to unfold all the precious things love has in store. We have all the love in the world If that's all we have You will find We need nothing more Actually, let's do three, two, one, and then clap. Okay. So I'll have a number of things to align okay. it to. I'm going to say it with you when you say it. So, <laughs> ready? Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Three. <laughs> All right. Three. Three. 
Three, two, two, one. One. Oh, it's... <laughs>